Hey friend, you're listening to the Jubilee Freedom and Shalom podcast. If you want to help us make more episodes and do more Shalom projects, please go to patreon.com forward slash Jubilee Freedom Shalom. That's all one word, Jubilee Freedom Shalom, and make a pledge to support the show. Thank you so much for spending your day with us, and we hope you enjoy this episode about declaring Jubilee, finding true freedom, and experiencing Shalom. Now here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Jubilee Freedom and Shalom podcast. Daniel, I'm here with Nate, and this time we're actually, I'm here with Nate. It's amazing. (laughs) We've never recorded a podcast in the same room. No, we have not. I don't think we've even tried. Huh? I don't think we've even tried. No. No, we haven't. We've talked about it. Like, oh man, because we see each other fairly often, and we've talked about like, It'd be nice at NCYM to record a podcast. Yeah, yeah. And then we're like, nah. We man. also like really wanted to get um, one of the writers for Faith for Exiles to, oh, yeah. to come meet with us in the... <laughs> yeah, if you're out there, Mark Matlock, if you're listening... <laughs> we missed you. We want to talk to you. Yeah, I just ran into my mic. Oh, man, uh, Faith for Exiles, I haven't thought about it in a while. But it is fitting that we're in the same room recording yeah. because this is our 50th episode. Yeah. The big five O. We should... Um, edit in like one of those <laughs> like uh, uh, the yay oh yeah 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 at church we have uh we have a podcast at our church and there's, we have we have there's like roadcaster little... boards yeah and it's got like pads on it you yeah. can load sounds oh yeah <laughs> like so it's the... got some preloaded like bleeps <laughs> and stuff like that <laughs> we don't use the i really want to use it at some you point should just, just for stuff that's yeah, yeah it's so good but at the same time, we load like that's how I start the intro music and all that kind of stuff. But I have talked thought about trying to load it secretly, load it with a bunch of yeah. sounds to I try just, to catch people in my guard. mind right now. All I can hear is like that little kid like thing that everyone uses, like yay, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> with confetti. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So well, happy fiftieth. Here we are. We did does it. it. Does it feel like we've done 50 episodes? I keep running into my mic. I should be better at this. It's been 50 episodes. <laughs> it's like episodes. you've never done this before. <laughs> Good Lord. Okay. If that just busted your eardrums, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> just in your car driving and you just hear a huge thump. Yeah. Yeah, does it feel like we've done 50 episodes to you? Uh, yes and no. What For me, I keep I have like the time hop thing on... Um, on social media and it just you know says two years ago da 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 you posted this episode yeah two years that seems weirder than 50 episodes true that is true yeah that is true that whole covid period was like like, what's going on stuff is happening (laughs) yeah but i guess it's not too crazy because if we were doing it like every week then we'd be at episode like 100 and sure so sure yeah and then uh, you go back and look at our catalog, and it's like, oh, dang, we did like 15 episodes on Mars Hill. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, did. that's how we got to 50. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Mars Hill was definitely a uh, – it was fascinating, but I'm sure it so kind of fatigued everyone. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so – But is, it was a lot of good conversations. Yeah, though. I mean, it brought up a bunch. And I know there was an episode they just posted of um, – what's-his-face – Kelly, what's his name? No, no, no. He's the New York pastor. He's had like Tim Keller. 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 He uh he had an episode that they threw in kind of late. And I think 
that would be interesting to listen to. I, I don't know if we would do like a review of it, but I don't know. I, I haven't listened to it. I, I think know. he's definitely different than Mark Driscoll in a lot of ways, but he's still a big church pastor. Right. And he's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. 30 and years probably. I know he was a part of some of the like beginnings of Mark Driscoll as far as kind of like signing off on some of his books or being a part of certain confederations of, uh, you know, people that supported each other's work and kind of giving each other the stamp of approval. Yeah. So, but he was also one of the guys that was like, Hey, when he started going a little bit off the rails, yeah, that was should, like, you should get a mentor like <laughs> yeah, exactly. me or John Piper or somebody. somebody. It's like, well, your church isn't as big as mine. So yeah. what Just, can I learn from you? Well, <laughs> isn't that wild that that's, that's an a, actual, that's like sentence. if your church isn't bigger than mine, then what would I have, I have to learn from you? nothing to learn from Ooh. you. Yikes. It's a bold statement. It is a bold statement. Well, speaking of bold statements, <laughs> <laughs> good segue. Um, Today, we wanted to talk a little bit about some things that we've been watching. Nate's been watching a lot more than me, but um, we've been watching different uh, documentaries, either docuseries or, or actual like films about some different... To classify them all as cults is not necessarily accurate. Yeah, they're... But... I, like, in a... This is what we need to do. We need to define the word cult, okay. like Webster's Dictionary style, which I forgot to well, do. Well, I'll just time. list a few of the ones we've been watching. Yes. So we're at the beach together right now, and we've watched... These are all ones that they've seen before, but we have gone back and watched. Uh, we hadn't watched The Way Down yet, which With is Glenn a, Shamlin. about Gwen Chamlin and the Remnant Fellowship Church in Nashville. Um, if you haven't watched that or don't know the story, you could Google it and figure it out pretty quickly what was going on there. Uh, the other one we watched was uh, Class Action Park, mm -hmm. which is about a park, like a, a water, water park, park in sort of New not Jersey. even a water park too at the same time <laughs> in New Jersey <laughs> called Action Park. That yeah. was like a really big deal, but it was unregulated. We'll talk about it. Yeah. So that's not really a cult, but it's like humans taking advantage of their freedom in and, some form and, or fashion and also like experiencing some amount of like escape and belonging sure in this some experience yeah, yeah yeah even and even when you get home you're kind of like like people would straight up look at like your uh you know if you had like road rash on your leg from like falling off your skateboard instead of them being like oh dude what happened did you like fall off your skateboard they'd be like Bro, have you been to Action Park like last weekend? And, I didn't even know you, you could left. Be like, you know? It's yeah. like, nah, I, this was from another thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every time someone had a huge scab on their arm. It's like, no, dude, I just had surgery. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, the other ones was um, called The Vow, and it was about Nexium. Oh, yeah. That cult. Um, there's also. The Anarchist. The Anarchist is another one about. Which is pretty straightforward. A bunch of people <laughs> that moved to Acapulco. Mexico to uh there's a anarchist conference that happened there once a year in um in Mexico so they all started to kind of drift and move that way just stay down just there. to kind of like hang together yeah. throughout the year um I feel like there's another one yeah uh, I mean the Scientology stuff with like Leah Remini where mm -hmm. she got out and does several seasons of episodes of her exit and getting followed and yeah like all that jazz then there's the 
this isn't as qualified as much as a cult, but it's in the same world, but the Theranos thing. Yeah, so Theranos was definitely a cult of personality in the sense of, well, no, it kind of was. It was like, we believe in that we have this like mission that we're on. So that was kind of like cult in business form. Yeah. Um, where we have a charismatic and leader making huge promises. Yeah. yeah. And you don't question the the ideal that we're, yeah. Even if you don't think that we're going that direction, you don't question it. Yeah. And so then it also, the way that she chose to deal with people when they started asking questions was very cult-like, where yeah. she started locking, uh, like in the beginning, everyone's in like one big room, like trying to get the mission done. And then it's like, next thing you know, she's hired like a bunch of security people and the whole building sectioned off. And if you don't have clearance into certain areas, then, then you don't you get don't to go get in to those go. rooms anymore or ask those questions anymore. It's like, oh, that has nothing to do with you. Like, leave it to the professionals. And you had to sign, like, NDAs, dif- different yeah. NDAs. Oh. Which, like, uh, signing an NDA to work for a business isn't, like, yeah, unheard if, of. That's not the crazy part. It's, like, the from what I understand, when you got next levels of clearance, you were, you were signing more NDAs right. about and it was the things that didn't actually exist. Right. So supposedly it was for like the machine that they were making that could draw like a tiny bit of blood from your finger and do all these you know, blood work, right. uh, you know, workups for you, labs for you. They made it seem like, oh, the secret magic machine is, you know, obviously I need to sign the NDA for right. that. But then what it was, the NDA was actually for, they were using another company's machine to do all their lab work (laughs) so they weren't really doing anything of their own technology right and so anyways but the nda thing made me remember that i watched the hillsong uh, documentary as well did you watch that one haven't seen that one either oh man it's just it i don't know man that one stinks because it had sexual failings of ministers ministers and minors yeah and that's not good no so anyways and just how they paid people off and gaslit people to be like you're kind of crazy that's not true and um but also you know carl lentz you know had had an affair and whatever and i actually just saw that he kind of resurfaced recently um with like a picture of his family and saying something about like we're still together and um and a lot of people were kind of crapping on it. They're like, it wasn't a, I'm so sorry, you know, post. It was like, a, they definitely got like in a photo studio right. and took like a family picture together. They're all holding hands and had their arms around each other. And it's like, you know, we've survived a lot and we're, we're not giving up on each other or something like that. You know, it was like hopeful, but it wasn't apologetic. Like, I'm sorry yeah. for doing all that stuff. <clears throat> and, um, and so a lot of people were just like, nope, no second chances. I don't hear an apology. You know, it's kind of like, I mean, I, I get that. Yeah. Like when someone's been really abusive and they don't acknowledge like what they've done, right. that's not cool. Also, on the other hand, are kind of like, you know, people, can people change? Like I have to believe as a minister, I always have to hold on to like, yeah, people, people can, can change. change. <laughs> like if I don't otherwise believe you that, wouldn't have a job. <laughs> I got to get out. Yeah. So, anyways. so, okay. So talking about like, the reason we're talking about cults is kind of 
break that down before we go into it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not asking you to join one. Because we love them. No. Um, this is Colts 101 with Daniel and Nate. No, it's we, we want these stories are fascinating to us for a couple of reasons. I think one is just a very baseline, like it's amazing what humans will do to have more money or more power. Mm-hmm. It in amazing makes it sound like I'm I'm in like I um want to aspire to that and that's not what I'm amazing in that like it really just blows my mind. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know any word for it just is yeah, I am dumbfounded by what people are able to do to each other and what people will be or I'll let themselves be convinced by. Or, yeah, and put up with, right. you know, because they want to hold on to that belief. They may see a lot of red flags and just blow them off because right. they... Belief or um, belonging or both. Yeah. Yeah, because our urge... Yeah, it's really fascinating for me to watch these things because our urge to belong or fill in the blank or, like, these really base traits of humans are so strong what that will allow us to get ourselves into is really intense. And I don't... Like a lot of the people on the back end of the Glenn <clears throat> Shamlin uh, documentary were just like, we're, you know, we're not crazy. And I, not I almost stupid. didn't come on the show you know, yeah. because I didn't want to, you know, it's like, oh, you're a part of a cult. Like you're everyone is in a cult is a cra- you know, yeah. it's crazy. And I don't want people to think I'm crazy. And it's just like, no, it's not crazy. And honestly, the people that are judging you, they're they're just as crazy as you in their own way in their pursuit of belonging. Yeah. Um, They've gotten duped in other ways. Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether it's sports or, um, or gambling or I don't know. There's all kinds of ways that we try to belong. Right. And, um, I don't know. We, we, you know, spend thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars dollars on those things to do them, whether it be like season passes or, you know, watch a newer car, a different house or a different neighborhood or whatever. We we're all wired that way, and some people find it in ways that others look at and say that's wild. I right. can't believe you did that. Um, and and it's fascinating. It's fascinating, yeah. Because within that is a is a natural human instinct to desire community, yeah, to belong to something. Then and in most of these cases, almost all of them, it's to belong to something that sitting on your couch at home you can't have Mm -hmm. or to belong to something that's bigger than yourself. So whether it's purpose, like I want to belong to this group of people because it seems like they're really, we're doing something in the world or like the class action park one, it's more like, well, I can't do this in my backyard. Mm -hmm. So I want to belong. I want to fit in and be the type of person that goes and gets their, you know, leg gashed at, class action park because or at action park because I, I want to be a part of the excitement and the, you know, the thrill of it all. And so within that is, is a, it's just a distorted expression of a good thing in human beings, which I think is probably you can, I mean, maybe this isn't true for you, but for me as a minister, that's part of why it's so intriguing, you know, cause it's like, I'm I'm also like trying to do a non-distorted version of that 
Like right. I'm trying to get students to believe in something bigger than themselves to, right. to get off the couch and accomplish something with their life to really belong to a community that's accomplishing things to right. show them, you know, even outside of the walls of our church, there's the church at large is accomplishing good in the world and they can be a part of it. Look what right. Jesus is doing. Look what God is doing in the world. Right. And they're powered by the spirit and they can do more than just what they, you know, sitting on the couch, watching TV, eating chips is not the entirety of their life, but they can accomplish good things and they can belong to something and right. be a part of community and feel truly loved and all that. Like that's what I'm teaching. <laughs> right. So, which is all the same things. Right. And just not, it's based on Jesus. It's not right. based on and me. So when I watch some of these things, I get it, you know, you can get a little butthurt about like, oh, I've done something like that before. But we have to remember that, like, the intention behind something is really important. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, it can absolutely change the practice, like the the health or the um, harm of a practice can very much be like hinge on the intention behind it um like they were talking about gwen shamlin's church had a bunch of in-house um professionals that were available to their members whether it be a mechanic or a dentist or you know somebody that you know can give you a fair price and you know let you know let's keep it all in the family and all that kind of stuff and it's like the way they talked about it was, and it was terrible because Gwen used it to trap us where it's like, oh, if I leave the community, then I'm going to lose this all person and that person yeah. and, and all these, this support network. But another part of me is like, okay, well, then just, you could just go out into the market and get screwed by a mechanic that is actually, you know, not, not trustworthy. Um, so like where there's some balance in there because I've thought about that before. It's like, hey, if we're going to be... A, a family mm-hmm. we should look out for each other and try to like you know use our skills to use our skills to help, help each, each other, other keep yeah. the price down keep each other from going into debt you know i talk about that all the time and it's just like ooh. but she used that as like a leverage to keep people in when they felt like this is this is not good and this is bad for my health and she used it personally she wouldn't pay. She never paid the people that right. she so used. Right, so people were like doing her hair and stuff. And like every week for them. free. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, you're doing it for the Lord. And it's just like, yeah, that's not okay. So a part of me just wants to be like, I'm going to get away from that idea and, and never do that. Another part of me is like, no, just because someone, um, you know, used a hammer to kill someone doesn't mean like I can't ever a use a hammer evil. for something right. good. Right. And... It is scary, though, because you're like, oh, when that hammer's in my hand, like, I could do a lot of harm with it. But that's... That's not the... Not why hammers are Intention of the hammer. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. And I think that's for us. That's what I'm saying. The intention is really the difference, right? Right. Like, I'm not intending to hurt anyone with this. I'm, I wanted to help you build a house with it so that you and your family would be safe and warm, you know, and... And have a, a place to live so anyways i just it is hard for me to watch these because a part of me is just like oh i don't want to be that way right but also how do you separate the two things apart and and not throw away a good idea because someone else has used it in a, a malicious way and not put the pressure on one person to to there, there are a lot of these situations in these 
these cults and just like in all of these stories that there's it comes down to like one person given the power or ability to make the call on the intention of everything so like when Shamblin is the one making the call of like the this is a good thing that we're doing and like it's not inherently evil to like serve each other with our skills right but left to her own devices she chose the wrong intentions so like even for someone like you or me or whoever's listening to be given it's not healthy for a human to be put solely in the position of that that much power if you want to call it power right. or just that much decision making so that that's the other part that is like there's the intention part and then there's the accountability part where like if your intentions are pure and it's a, a group of people holding each other accountable then you're in a lot better position than one person and hoping that man I hope they have the right intentions about what we're doing here right and and then to expect them to always operate with the right intentions. Yeah. Because that even happens in our churches. Just like I was telling you of a ministry person that I know of that, you know, would fudge the numbers a little bit on like, you know, I go on a trip that's technically for church, but I would do some like stuff that's really more for me personally and like, pay for it with the church card. Right. Like if there's you know, two like, members ooh. or there's two like staff members going on a trip like booking like two separate rooms when there's we could get one room yeah or like let's or... book two separate rental cars so we both can do what we want to do yeah it's like, like well, that seems that's wasteful yeah but it's the same it's at the core of that is the same as far as like you're expecting you're giving someone a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. and expecting them to choose the right yeah thing every time yeah, there's an example with Gwen where um I mean, Gwen at this point is probably worth like 30 mil, 40 mil. Uh, and she has a hairdresser that she convinces like move to Nashville, be a part of the family. She's making $21 an hour at her job. She guarantees it. She'll pay her that much if she moves. She gets there and she's getting paid like eight bucks an hour. Yeah. She like, I thought you said uh, you would match like my pay from my previous job. I moved my whole family like down here and I can't live off of $8 an hour. Yeah. And she just like reprimanded her. Like, don't ever ask for. Don't a ever again. ask for more. That's greedy and wrong. And it's like, like bro, check you're your heart. a multi, multi, multi millionaire. Right. And yeah, telling this lady making eight bucks an hour to do her wild hair, and she wouldn't even pay her. Yeah. For that, the hair that right. she did. But it's the, the other eight dollars an hour for everybody else in the church. Yeah. And so. And zero for Gwen. Yeah, and it, she told her to check her heart and that her intentions were greedy and. It was like, whoa, that's not good. So, yeah. yeah, when one person gets that much power, it it corrupts and it tempts. At the very least, it tempts. Even a good person. And it's it's not good to constantly be putting yourself in a situation where your integrity is the only thing between you and this going off the rails. Yeah. Like, there's no other person to be like, oh, well, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. It's like just you and your integrity, and that's it. That's that's a fragile system to depend on. Yeah. Because all of us if yeah, integrity is what you do when no one else is watching. Right. And and or no one else would know. And that's um I think we all know that our integrity is not a great strong thing 
all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard that? Has anybody ever asked you, like, Nate, how many decisions away from ruining your life do you think you are? Has just, anyone ever asked you that? Just one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. So just think about that. Yeah. Like, you live a great life. You love your wife. You love your church. Yeah. Good job. Like, you live near the church. Your car, like, all these things that you're doing. You're, like, taking care of your parents. You love your family as best you can. All this kind of stuff. It's like, by all accounts, you're a good person and doing good things in the world. But it's still, like, one decision away. Like, you just... Yeah, I could just stand up at church at Madison next Sunday and scream one word and, and probably, over. like, in my career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just like, there you go. That's, like, how far away I am. Right, and then we say, okay, at this, like, that is every human being is in that position where yeah. one thing, one decision away from ruining it all. And we're like, we're going to give you every decision... Or every, like the authority to have influence over every decision in a way that's unhealthy. You're like, well, this is one decision. If we're making decisions constantly, one decision away from ruining it all, like that's a pretty sketchy place to be. Right. So do you look up the definition of... Hope? Yeah, so um, Webster says, uh, number one, a cult is a religion regarded as unorthodox and... Um, it's a cult is technically the the body of adherence that you know that's that doesn't help you understand like what it is but it's just the cult is the group of people who believe that thing so it's a religion regarded as unorthodox so that if if you are pursuing christianity in a way that the majority of other christians are like yeah For thousands of years yeah or you know then you might that may be a cult so for instance the churches of christ thinking that it's not okay to use instruments is unorthodox against like his, the hope, the scope of history. Mm -hmm. Um, and definitely like where we are today, it's, it's a rare thing to go to a church that doesn't use instruments in their worship assembly. Right. So for that much, you could say, and in the past, even more so for us to make it like you will go to hell if you do that type of a thing whereas now i think we just don't do it but we're not that intense about the why most of us most of us um some people are usually appealing to preference and and it's not about the instrument it's about it's a it's a um performance it's entertainment it's right. it's exactly. about the the pride or arrogance that comes along with it i, I don't know something in that range is usually what i hear yeah. now instead of just like it's a sin. It's, it's right. the Bible says so. So that would be unorthodox, and in that way, you could say that's a cult. Now, I don't think it's like you are or aren't. I think it's more of like a spectrum of of things that you know you're you're like a watered down cult, or you're a, you know. So, but then a great uh, number two is says a great devotion to a person, idea, object, movement, or work. Um, so. Anyways, like the example it gives is criticizing how the media promotes the cult of celebrity. So just being like a super big fan of, of your football team or that celebrity or that singer, that actor is a cult in that sense as well. Um, 
It says, especially such a devotion regarded as a literary or intellectual fad. So you could be a cult of, um, of, of nihilists or, you know, consumerism or, right. So, so the person that's like, I'm not in a cult and watching the Gwen Shamblin thing while they are binging like every day on, you know, gaming and, and, you know, TikTok and stuff. They're also part of a cult, but the, that cult's, uh, you know, function and the way it's formed is isolated. And, you know, so we're not getting together and being like, oh, we're the TikTok cult. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah. you are in a, the sense that you're giving your, your great devotion to that movement. Um, I mean, just look at the time that we spend online and staring at screens. It's like, look, man, if, if you took... 12 hours a day and did anything with it for just a solid 12 hours, I would look at you in any other thing. It's like if you just went skiing every day for 12 hours, or if you went surfing every day for 12 hours, it would be like, dang, that's intense. That dude's like in a surfing cult. And so anyways, there's another one that says, um, usually a small group of people characterized by that devotion, a system of religious beliefs and ritual. I think every church falls under that category. So we have a system of religious beliefs and ritual. Um, Based on devotion to yeah, a person. Uh, Jesus yeah, or scripture. Um, or a movement. Yeah. And so I think that in that sense... By definition, and we should probably talk about like denotation and connotation are different things. The denotation, definition of cult, like if you go to a church every Sunday, like you're in a cult. And if you, like I used to play this card game called uh, Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. We would get together every single Friday at the card shop and we'd play a tournament on Friday nights. We play three rounds. If you won them all, you get packs. Of, you know, you win cards and you make your decks better. Right. And, you know, so on and so forth. And if someone wasn't there, it's like, hey, you know, where's Joe? And it's like, oh, I think his mom died. You know, it's like, oh. And then we just move back into like talking about, oh, will you trade me this card for that card? Right. Whereas at church, it's like, oh, you know, where's Joe? It's like, oh, his mom died. It's like, oh, we should, we should, we should call like, him up. And, we should call him up. We yeah. should see if they need to send some food. And it's like. So that cult of that card game, like we had a consistent meeting time. Devotion to Devotion to this thing. We honored people that were really good at it. And we aspired to get more knowledgeable of the, you know, the thing that we were studying. And uh, there's an economy of, you know, things going on there. Right. And if you weren't there, it was like, oh, where's so-and-so? And it was noticed. Um, so it was a cult. And I think a lot of us, we use it so specifically for the cults that really hurt people and do bad things that we're not willing to admit that like we're all part of cults. Like if you, if you would never watch, I still remember this, we were at church camp one year and uh, two of our guys that were um, coming up, you know, out of high school and this maybe their first or second year as counselors. So, you know, I understand I'm going to be a little flexible with them about, you know, making that transition from being a receiver to a giver uh, to be, you know, more adulty and less, right. you know, it's less about you and more about the, the kids that are there. The students. Yeah. And so but I remember we were having our staff meeting this, the Saturday before camp started on Sunday. 
and they were just like they just straight up told me like the the Nashville Predators were in the playoffs and they're like yeah we're skipping the the meet tonight to watch the game and I'm like no like we pay f- to ha- to rent out the camp a day before so all the counselors can get on the same page get your cabin ready talk about you know safety and schedule and all and that just stuff just get your head right um, about to yeah get basically you, like, your head lead and your a bunch of right kids place. like you need yeah. to be a pouring out attitude a giving attitude and we're i mean and just very practically like we're we're dropping like a couple like maybe a, on dinner tonight and on you staying overnight like s- some good money yeah and and we're not asking you to pay this yeah and we're not asking you to pay anything because you're going to be here to help this week and you just looked at me and said, like, no, this, we have to bow down to this team, to this, yeah. these people that skate around with metal on their feet on ice. And you're like, cool. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, that's not the cult that I'm in. Right. And, but for them, it was like, there's no, you can't not do this. And I think we need to realize that, like, we're all in a cult whether it's one that gets together and gathers or one that's, you know, uh, decentralized by the internet. Because mm-hmm. uh, we are gathering on TikTok. Yeah. But it does, we're not, not in, in, in a, physical form. Right. right. But we have to realize that that's still, we're still gathering and we're still participating in Twitter. We're still like throwing our ideas and thoughts and conversations out there. Right. So, I, so the, I, real, the real, I guess, deciding factor is the idea of devotion sounds like right who's it david dark who said like i don't know if he had a, i think he wrote a book called like life's too short to pretend you're not religious mm, I, don't know. I think that was the title of the book but that's the sentiment of just like okay even if you think what we call religion is stupid and you don't believe in god and you reject all that stuff there's even now like non-religious non-christian people i should say that are starting to look at some people with their blind trust of what we call science, that they're starting to peel apart like what they call the religion of science and true science Hmm. and trying to identify like there's a difference between the two and true science would question everything all the time, be open to whatever the statistics tell us as we move forward. And if we find a new piece of evidence, then and that tears apart this thing that I've always believed in. We have to in. let it tear it apart. You let it tear it apart and move on because that's the truth. And right. you always follow the truth. And if that truth a few years later combined with a new set of information retoggles everything, then you just keep doing that forever. And um, it, But there are definitely people where it's like, no, this is dinosaurs, you know, had, you know, scales and they looked like this. And it's like, well, what if we found out they're covered in feathers? Like, would you be like, well, that's ridiculous. Or better example, let's just say we did find skeletons of humans that were like 20 feet tall. Not just one, like whole barrel mounds of people that are just 20 feet tall. And that seemed like a standard for them. Yeah. Would you reject that as a science person because there's giants in scripture and you're like, oh, that's just a bunch of legend and myth, giants, my butt, you know? And then we actually find historical record of, of skeletons that were that large. Are you willing to like let your science 
lead you into something that seems fantastical and that you've rejected as a myth and a legend or are you just going to follow the, the facts forward and i think that's where this the religion of science and science part ways and and i think we all have to realize like we're all capable of being in cults and it's i think it's go back to the hammer analogy yeah it's just like, is your cult hurting people or is it helping people? <laughs> right. <laughs> like that's right. Every time that we form as a community in any way, shape, or form, like aren't we? That's a so cult is from the word culture. Like you have a part of a group. If you're part of a group, then and, and humans yeah. do that naturally. Yeah, that has have. any kind of like rhythm to it, right? Or consistency of yeah. gathering. That's a, technically a cult, right? And it's just whether this cult has teeth and is violent or if it's like helping each other. And um, yeah, yeah. So, so I think, think that as religion has screwed people over, that we've we've been like, I will never do that. I'll never be, be a part of a way. cult. Yeah. You're like, but you just understand that you got out of the overtly religious or Christian cults, but you just got into the bar cult or the YMCA cult or the HOA cult or the, you know, whatever yeah. the, the parents at your school cult, right. or the, they call those the uh, uh, PTA, PTA cult, yeah, PTA. <laughs> you know, whatever. So we're all, we're all part yeah. of, of groups of humans yeah. that have a culture. about. And if them. the word cult throws you off, just think about it from ter- in the terms of devotion. If you're like, it's hard to process you being in a cult, then just, Take a second to like just self analyze. Okay, where am I spending all of my time? Where's all my attention going? Mm-hmm. And then you'll you'll realize if you're really honest with yourself the things that you're really devoted to. Right. And if you don't want to use the word cult, fine. But groups of devotion, you could call it that yeah. or something like that. You can be in a Republican cult, a Democrat cult, yeah. you can be in a health just food like, cult, you can be in a chiropractic cult you know time attention where your your money is going will reveal where your devotion is and then on top of that if this is if you are self-aware enough to kind of work it's hard to to like admit how much you are devoted to something (laughs) definitely though a good practice is like let someone take it away that too and or like, or like your wallet in your schedule wallet or schedule or, or take stop, it away or fast from it yeah and see how and much, see how much it affects you <laughs> or or see how much like time opens up in your life um so you know for example like oh, the sports one's easy so let's just say like i'm a fan of the cowboys i grew up in dallas mm-hmm. born in dallas um it's not a good time to be a Cowboys fan. It hasn't been my whole life. So, so they won a Super Bowl while my dad was like holding me as a baby. Right. And, and we have we've won one playoff game or two yeah. playoff games since Yikes. then. Yeah, it's not great. But um, you know, I, I like to watch their games on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays. That happen every day now, it seems like. Mm-hmm. But if if I get to a point where someone were to tell me I can't watch the Cowboys game and my response is like anger or like severe disappointment 
to where like, you know what I'm talking about. Like there's that, I don't even know how to describe it. There's a feeling of just like FOMO Mm -hmm. and just like, oh man. Or you find yourself reworking your schedule or saying no to things that are good. So for me, it would be like a Sunday is a full day for me. So wake up for church at 8.30, teach Bible class at 10, go to church at 11. We have two services. Go eat lunch. By the time you're at lunch after second service and you're done with lunch, it's like 2 o'clock. And then back at the church at 4 to get ready for our Sunday night youth group. NFL games are at 1 in, on the East Coast. They're at 1 or 4.25 or like 8 p.m. So it would the the if if someone said oh that you know a game's happening at four twenty five where I've had to check myself in the past is like oh I'll just like turn it on while we're eating dinner because we eat dinner first at youth group from five to seven we eat dinner from like five to five thirty five forty five so the game won't be over but I can watch a portion of it and then I've even caught myself like we send our kids to do quiet time before our teaching at night. And I've caught myself like pulling it up on my phone. Like while they're like, and that like, that's so messed up that I've been like, all right, y'all go have quiet time. Leave your phones in here. Yeah. Like pray that your hearts would be open to receive. Yeah. Like that you would be able to receive, (laughs) uh, not from me, but from the Lord. And then I'm like watching the Cowboys game. It's just like, I have to check myself on that because Again, that's proving that's an easy way for me to tell where my devotion is because I, I have a job to do that I love to do. It's a job that I love and I'm privileged to be able to do it. And I'm, I'm excited and it's a huge touch point for our students and, and for us, them to be there that night on Sunday nights is a big deal. And so like all my attention and focus ought to be on them. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing that I'm doing. And but my devotion to the Cowboys would be like, just watch the game. Just like, just pull it up on your phone, buddy. It's just right here. <laughs> so that's just an easy example of, you know, if you, if you could self-assess and maybe fast from some things and realize, man, I'm like, again, if you don't want to call it a cult, fine. But just to, to see where your devotion is, because I think you'll find that, you are as devoted as you think the crazy people in these cults are to certain things. Um, And if you were to take those things away, it would like, it would ruin you. Right. Like imagine a a life without a TV and you're just like, dang, I'm a part of the cult of media, television, whatever you call it. Because if it went away, I literally don't know what I would do with myself. Yeah. And some people, I mean, some people worship their children or, you know, make statements of if if I lost this person in my life, it's over. then I, yeah. you know, and it, my life is over. And it's like, I think it's amazing to, to love someone that deeply. And, um, but also to not know why you're alive unless this person is in your life. That's... That's not a guarantee for sure, and probably, you know, there's room to grow in, like, who, who you really are, what's your identity, and why you're alive. Mm-hmm. 
and it's and I'm not to say to belittle that person or your relationship. I think you might actually experience new depths of that relationship if you both knew why you're alive. And you know, I've said this before, I think on the podcast, but it's like you know, I would not expect Rachel to want to like hurt herself or die if I died. I would I would think that she would know like I'm with without Nathan doesn't belittle me, but I still know why I'm alive and what I'm trying to accomplish in life right. and what how I want to bless people. Your relationship people. just brings another richness you know, to, to do that existence. Together. Yeah. And um, so I think some of us even, you know, worship or in a cult of family or cult of, you know, children worship. Or boyfriend or girlfriend. Girl, or, yeah, yeah. Definitely those two. So, so yeah, if I didn't have this person, da, 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 da. So anyways, I think um, we should all think about what cult am I in? Was it accomplishing? And, you know, maybe stop judging the people that tried to join something that they thought was really going to do something important in the world. Yeah. And ask yourself, is your, does your cult on its face, like, admit that it, it's just a waste of your time, but it's fun? Right. Well, that's the <laughs> so. next step in the, like, check your devotion. And then is the thing that you are truly devoted to, like, the cult that you find yourself in, or it might be multiple, probably is multiple. Is it harming or helping? Because I, I would, I, you know, I would hope that if you are a church-going person, that you would be like, man, this is a group of people devoted to a movement, devoted to a person, the person of Jesus, and we're, man, we're doing stuff. Like we're yeah. we're helping people in the world. Can we be doing more? Always, Always. but we are doing something. Right. We're moving. We're not moving backwards. We're moving forwards. People aren't leaving here with scraped knees. Like they're. Right. leaving here encouraged and empowered and hopefully going out and loving their neighbor very well. So that's a, that is like the assessment to be like, okay, this is a group I'm devoted to. So let me check myself on that. But, but they're, we're doing something good. Okay. Like we're doing, okay. Right. And if you find yourself at a church, hope no one listening is in a place like this, but you find yourself in a church where like, man, I just feel like people are getting hurt in this or in this group that we're in a lot of broken relationships and not even don't worry about fault like like figuring investigating and figuring out whose fault it is just if people are consistently walking away from your church with hurt feelings it's it may be a, a moment to real like to think okay what are we doing that is this is not how it was intended to be like this group that is devoted together. We're not helping anybody. This is actually just, we're, we're moving steps backwards. We're hurting each other as, as we're getting together. Right. And the one thing I would nuance with that is, you know, is it, are people walking away disappointed or hurt because, you know, Jesus said, sell everything, give it to the poor, like that kind of hurt where it's like, well, that's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Or is it like, a, if you don't like it, you can leave type. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a difference between a minister that may step on your toes right, and totally, convict totally. you or hurt you in, in the sense of like, or people are leaving because you're not doing something they think is it's the, super important. Like, it's like, we really need to get, a we really need to have paper band, you know. bulletins. Yeah. Yeah. That too. <laughs> but yeah, like your, your feelings were hurt because we chose to take the pews out of the, of the sanctuary and do, you know, snap together 
chairs so that the room can be more functional and right. we can use it for different stuff. And you're like, well, but a, a church has that pews. And it's like, that really hurt my feelings when you did that. And it's, you know, I think for the, I think it is true though, that like we as ministers should always, I mean, I say this to my students a lot, like your little girlfriend and that breakup, like in the scope of your life, it's not a big deal, but it's a big deal to you right now. And if it's a big deal to you, then I need to treat it as a big deal because there's stuff I'm going through that I'm sure 80 year olds look at and they're just like, it's whatever. You don't get it. Yeah. And, but I still need someone to sit down with me and be like that. I'm sorry. I know that really hurts. And, uh, but you're going to make it. And, and more than that, that God is looking at all of us being like, it's really, there's really something bigger than this thing you're stuck on. So like, shouldn't I extend the same patience that God's extended to me to everyone else that I'm around? But when a minister is just like, ah, go whine somewhere else, like get out of here type of thing. Like that's not a great attitude. And, um, the whole, if you don't like it, you can leave type type deal. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't drive with that. I'm not saying that you have to cave to whatever they're, you know, saying it's like, I'm sorry that your feelings are hurt. I think we can, I think it was a faithful stewardship of what we're doing at this church to take the pews out, make this room multifunctional and, you know, and do more ministry with right. that space. And if that and still is a problem for you. It, I, I'm sorry if that breaks your heart because you have so many memories with it looking this way or, you know, changing is always hard, but that doesn't mean that you do everything that the hurt person right. wants right. either. But I do, I do think we should be more kind to each other as we have our disagreements. Yeah. Um, but I think back to the, the cult subject, um, it is very interesting that as you watch all these things and open your mind up to what a cult really is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. back up from like, oh, it's it's this thing. Yeah. And and widen the scope of what a cult is. And really, like most of these documentaries have a lot of interviews and like really hear those people for not not as crazy psychos, but as like, man, they got they were chasing something that was promising big and right. delivering small. I think uh, all humans have some places in their hearts and their minds where they're dissatisfied, where they long for more to be more at peace with themselves and the world that they're, they're, you know, the life that they're living, the world that they're living in. And you don't have to watch the news for very long to, to have that feeling of like, you know, what are we going to do about all this? And so I think it's for us to decide, you know, how are we going to, are we going to check out and be a part of the nihilist cults or the there's nothing I can do about it cults? Right. Or uh, that's somebody else's problem. That's somebody over else's there. problem cults. Um, the, those people up there in government or leadership should, you know, do something about that cult. Um, so I would like to be more proactive to that, but we also have to admit that like we'll never do it perfectly we'll disappoint some people, we'll let ourselves down sometimes. And I guess some people may even accuse us of, of being a cult in the sense of like, you know, if we really believe in what we're doing, we encourage people to get along, you know, for the ride, um, that we could be accused of that thing that we really don't want to be. But right. the other option is to not do anything. Right. Just for fear of 
being labeled. And I think humans are dynamic and life is too. And so every day, like I was telling you the other day, it's like, it'd be really nice if you just make your bed once and it's all, it's done forever. Right. If everybody um, could just stop being greedy all at the same time. Yeah. yeah. We'd, let's just like fix that once for all and just move on. But as we all know, like we have to make our bed every day or however often you make your bed, but, or leave it messy. Right. But, um, it's, it's dynamic and it never, it's never like done, done. And relationships are like that relationships with ourselves are, you know, friends and family and with God are always dynamic. So it means every day they need to be addressed and nurtured and, you know, washed or whatever the analogy is. So, um, the cult is the same way. The, the culture you build needs to be addressed every day. Like the intentions need to be adjusted every day. The approach needs to be adjusted every day because the world's dynamic. Your life is dynamic. Right. I really wish we could just like, you know, even with our, a lot of people look at our government and are like, well, we have the checks and balances of the three branches of government and we have two term limits, you know, on right. the president. And it's like, and that's why we have a great system. It's like, you can't make that bed once and be done. Right. Because people, humans, are always trying to find loopholes and ways to work around, live in the gray zone between the rule, the, the explicit rule, and what I can get away with. Yeah. And so we always have to be dynamically, you know, like, okay, uh, this oil company won the oil game, and now no other oil company can even exist. Right. And that's a monopoly, and we so need we break to break that up. So, but we believe in capitalism or whatever, and it's just like, but I think all capitalists are like, it's not good for one company to reign over an entire industry. And so we have an arbitrary... It defeats the competition. Yeah. So we have basically a jubilee where we break that company up and allow others to exist. Right. And it's like, that seems anti-capitalist. In a way where it's like, no, if they're so good at what they do that they, they won the game, yeah. they get to win and keep winning. And then break others, the game. Say what? But then they end up breaking the game. Yeah, they break the game. And so it seems a bit anti-capitalist to be like, the person was so good at capitalism doesn't get to do that anymore. Right. But it, we need reset buttons every once in a while because it does get lopsided. Right. And I've just now thinking about how like the antitrust laws and monopoly breakups are pretty much like business jubilee. Yeah, a little bit <laughs> in a way. Just like break them all up into smaller bits. Yeah, and like and try again. Yeah, because like with the land thing, everyone got a piece of land. You could sell it to a richer person; they could right. conglomerate a bunch of stuff together. But every fifty years, it's going to get broken back out. Yeah, and so, and the person that's good at collecting all of it could turn around and keep doing that do it again but they're getting reset to where they started right so it gives another opportunity for someone else to to, to be the one that ends up with that competes or yeah, whatever yeah so but it also changes your goal a little bit or you know i don't know if that it does that for businesses in america in this century but you know for the nation of israel it theoretically if you practice that, it would change what you try to accomplish. So if you know you're always going to get reset, the goal may not be to go. Hopefully the goal wouldn't be to go just pound everybody into the ground and take all their stuff. The goal would be, I'm going to be really fruitful on what I have. And if somebody needs my help, like 
I'm, I'm doing really well. My land is doing great. I got ahead of it and like, you know, whatever the situation is, I'm doing great. Um, but then, you know, Nate is over there and just whatever the weather was that year and the timing of what he did and some, you know, beetles that got into his stuff, he just like his land's falling apart. And so because I can, I'm going to help him out by buying his land. He's going to work my land for me and we're just going to both eat off of my land. Mm-hmm. And eventually we're going to reset and Nate's going to get his land back and he's going to try again. And instead of like, man, I'm just going to take Nate over because mm-hmm. he's just, I'm going to belittle him and be like, you're a loser. Let me have your land. Right. Which so, again is to the intentions of, yeah. of what are you, if you're constantly, if what you're devoted to, you're constantly checking your, the intentions of, of the group or of what they, the group does in the world or whatever it may be. Is it helping or hurting people? All that kind of stuff. Right. I think you'll find yourself changing your devotion in some cases. I think you'll find the things that you were devoted to, like, man, that really isn't like it. That thing claims freedom. It claims to be where you find true freedom, but it's not returning freedom. Mm-hmm. It's actually returning more prisons and more traps. Right. So, so I think what I would like to talk about next time is um, just kind of, I want to map it out. I haven't done it quite yet, but I want to literally like take all of these, um, take all these documentaries we've been watching and kind of not every, it's like a a train that stops at 10 stations. Yeah. Um, It may not stop at every single one, just the evens or just the odds or whatever, but there's definitely this list of things that like cults do in how they start how they maintain and also how they grow grow, whatever that means people in or how they crash and burn and so (laughs) yeah that too and so i really want to map that out and but just to give like a little taste of that i think where they begin is that cults really do identify people in moments of change where there's a window of opportunity for change and i just read this from someone that says the seasons that people typically change in are people change when they hurt enough, they have to change. When they see enough, they're inspired to change. When they learn enough that they want to change. And when they receive enough resources that they're able to change. Yeah. And um, I think cults are great at showing up at, in those moments. Yeah. And and knowing when to be like or how to trigger those moments trigger yeah or show up and find the people in those moments and say you're you're like i can change your life right i have the thing you need i i have what you need yeah that thing that you're looking for and so um, which is exactly pretty much what the serpent says to eve in the garden like you this is what I, you, I'm catching you in a moment and saying, did God really say, like, I actually, this food is what you need. Right. I have what you need. Yeah. And it will change it. It'll, it'll make you better. It'll change everything. And gave her this information that made her want, you know, that she learned this thing and it's like, oh, yeah, I want that. And, and then gave her the resources to change. To do it. And yeah. so I, uh, I definitely think that churches 
need to have a theory of change that's really strong. Yeah. And that's a little better than just like, um, we should like pray more and just try harder. Yeah. Um, but I also think that we should be people. If, if we can see that everyone's a part of a cult, even if it's like a, a watered down one or a super intense one or something in between, like, I think we can be a little bit more confident in saying like, no, this is a healthier <laughs> version of what yeah. you're pursuing. It, and, but we need to be really confident of that. Cause I think sometimes what we water church down to be is like, no, this actually will. It, it, <laughs> if you're just showing up to like sing the songs, listen to a sermon every week, it, it, it might actually be a waste of your time and you don't have to look very hard in scripture. Just read Isaiah one where, this, I was just doing this with my students, and I think it came across a little too heavy-handed, but we read through Isaiah 1, and uh, this is what it, it says, like, you know, your sacrifices, I hate them. They stink. Your parades are a joke. Yeah. They're embarrassing. When you fast, I hate it. Yeah. And when you read the list of everything that they're doing, you're like, Bro, they're doing more than I'm doing. Yeah, like, doing I don't everything. fast. Yeah. I, don't, I don't do parades for God. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, I'm not doing half the stuff that they're doing. Right. Like, when you sing and when you pray and when you do this and you do that, he, he tells you, I don't like it. Right. And at the end of the day, he's like, you mistreat your workers. You don't pay them fair. Right. And then even those of you that technically pay them fairly, you charge them too much for rent. Yeah. And, you know, like, well, I'll pay you really good, but then you just hike the rent up and right. get the money it's back. Same different. Yeah. And you're like, what was it, Matt? Yeah, so then he turns to these matters of justice, and he's just like, you can keep the fasting and the praying and the preaching and the gathering and the parades, all that stuff. You can just keep it, man. Yeah. I don't want it. If you're not taking care of widows and orphans. Yeah, if you're not taking care of vulnerable people and being, like, you know, just to people, you can keep all that. Um, I think we need to think about like, you know, how our churches are just or unjust. Um, and, you know, there's some irony in that. It's like, yeah, but we're singing and we're praying and we're fasting and we're reading the Bible. And you're like, yeah, but it doesn't matter if um, we're buying all of our like church T-shirts from like a sweatshop. Right. Like we're 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 doing the business of church and hurting people along the way. And just because you can't look them in the eye and see them because they live in Bangladesh doesn't mean that it's not happening. Right. And I think a lot of us, because we don't see the scope of like how we affect other people or the environment, you know, just paving a huge parking lot is really bad for the environment. Um, And we're just, you know, the irony of our church building is it flooded really bad. And it's like, well, we're sitting on like 20 acres of paved property and that water had to go somewhere. Right. But, but we, we think, think of it as like, why, why would God let this happen to us? And we may read Isaiah 1 and realize we were doing all the stuff, quote unquote, but God was like, you're not paying attention. Yeah, you're not paying attention. And often our response is we do all the uh, worshiping and the praying and the scripture and the parades and the fasting and all of that. And our response is often just to beef those things up a little bit. So yeah, like, that's like, how you, if you really loved God, yeah. you would let's, let's, let's make these sermons longer. Let's sing more songs. Are we yeah. let's, you know, 
add another worship night or let's do you know more of this thing more of this thing it's like no let's up our game in the justice and the being just people and worshiping god more is not bad no and having longer sermons is not bad no but they're all supposed to accomplish the goal of motivating you to go out and be a god person which is treating people fairly which if you read those chains change things again it's it's it, it's supposed to fall in those categories that you listed from that was a quote or something yeah where it's like the worship should inspire you mm-hmm. to change the, not, not the, just inspire you but inspire you to change right 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 yeah <laughs> exactly do yeah. something and the sermon should you know it should Teach step on you your enough. toes a little bit yeah, it should like, give you the resources to change but it also what was the first one so it should show you where you're, where yeah, you're lacking, or fasting you, might show you where you're lacking. Right. It's like when you hurt enough that you need to change, yeah. where you hit rock bottom. Yeah. Maybe that's where you show up to church, but then when they see enough that they're inspired to, it's like you should see us doing justice around this building yes. and, and using, loving each other. Yeah. Even in the building, and and when they learn enough that they want to, like that, as we study scripture and open, it shouldn't just be like, wow, I didn't know that about the Bible. It's like on from there it's I not just go a, do something it's not a cool analogy yeah. or uh, like a neat thought or like oh i didn't see the parallel between the tower of babel story and and the day of pentecost it's like wow that's neat and then you just go and keep living the same life right it should cause change it should that's be like i need to exist differently yeah like and, tomorrow and when they receive enough that they're able to it's like when we give kids the resources to excel and and you know the love the 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 actual like school uniform and backpack and like whatever they need to go do that thing people they can change and grow and i don't know why that's a a thought that we need to like really spell out for people but i think a lot of people approach church as a novelty where it's like oh that's a neat i've never thought about that before It's cute. You're like, that's not the point. Right. The point of everything we do at church should be to change you into someone that is doing X, Y, Z. But a lot of times it just seems like we're trying to change you into people that enjoy the experience a little more. Right. And you're like, that's not the point. It's for you to go out and be a justice person. Amen. And all that other stuff is just like a push in that direction. Right. Right. And I always thought, thought that was strange. Like when I finally decided to move to Honduras and go for it, it's like I was going to Ethos with Dave Clayton. It was like, go for it. Trust God. You know, jump. You know, yeah. you're like on this cliff of faith. And it's just like, jump. Go come for on, it. Trust on, him. You know, yeah. he's going to give you wings. You know, like. Right. And then you're like, yeah, I'm going to move to Honduras and like start farms and start yeah. feeding people and stuff. And then you jump and you realize everyone else is up on the cliff and they're not supposed. They're, They're so, so surprised that you jumped. Like, dude, you missed They're just it. like, what are you doing? <laughs> and you're like, he, that's what he's saying every Sunday. He's like, right. do it. Jump. jump. Go for and it. And he's Trust. giving us examples and all <laughs> this like, stuff. All these things. And they're like, I'm going to do it. And then you jump and everyone on that cliff is just like, why would you do that? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And you're like. I thought that's what we were talking about this whole time. Right. And they're all and sitting in lawn chairs, like admiring the view from the cliff. And yeah. And you're like, wow, isn't that, see those people that are flying in faith down there. Isn't that just wild and crazy? Oh, that's so inspiring. But yeah, we're kind of like in this, just watch it. 
uh, from our lawn chairs kind of mode. Yeah. And you're confused because they're not even considering jumping and they're confused that you did. Right. It's a weird place to be where you're like, what do we, I thought this, what all this was about. Yeah. I want to read the story of Jesus, what they're up to, the things they were doing. It wasn't a spectator sport. Right. And I'm, I'm confused. And so, and that was kind of a lonely place to be where you're like, all right, now that I'm going to interact with people that are experiencing extreme poverty every day, like how should I prepare my heart and mind to, to care for them, to not be condescending to them, but still like try to help ease their suffering, Yeah. but not in this like white savior kind of way. And it's right. like, I don't know. I would never go there and work with those people. And you're like, well, that's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't help me at all. Right. Right. So uh, you jumped off the cliff and I would never, I, I just scoop closer every year. Yeah. And yeah. So I think we, we definitely, uh, next time we talk, we should walk through kind of what you're saying as far as like, we started to kind of make a list yesterday, just right. like where it starts and, you know, to summarize the middle part, kind of like where they get you and where it goes wrong. Right. And then kind of like the, the aftermath that we can learn a lot from how, what happens and when it crashes and burns and all of that. Right. Um, and again, all of this hopefully would be something that would help people reflect on some of the things they're devoted to mm-hmm. and, maybe make some some difficult changes to say like man i i really ought to be this is not the kind of group of people that i really want to be a part of um because of what the the product is that we're putting out in the world or maybe you're convicted to stay and and change the way that sure. that group yeah. you know does business but and that's that's a whole different conversation yeah. of of knowing when to to stay and when to go, but we'll get into it. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Any last comments? Uh, Let's, let's keep it culty for a little while. Keep it culty. (laughs) Is that a word? I don't think so. Making it a word. I think so. It's, it's a made up word. Well, happy of 50. I said happy of 50. Happy 50th is what I meant to say. 50th (laughs) episode. all (laughs) All sorts of words. Happy of 50. Um, Love you guys. If you have comments, if you've watched The Way Down or you've watched oh, the Hillsong thing it, or if you've watched the, even the Mars Hill stuff is a little bit culty. If you've watched the yeah, definitely yeah. class action park thing, if you haven't watched any of those, go watch them. Yeah. Maybe not all on the same night and make you go to a dark place. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But maybe. over a couple of weeks, maybe with some other people to have some conversations. But if right. you are, have watched those, and you're like, dude, I have so many thoughts. Like, I want to, I want, I have questions about this, or I, I have thoughts about this and that. Like, right. please email us. I think the one thing that I would love to do is is have like audio bites from other people. Yeah. That we actually play on the air and yeah. get to respond. To. So if you have something so you want to say, you can just record a, a voice message on your phone, like a voice memo, and then just send it in an email. Yeah. Super easy. Jubilee Freedom Shalom at, gmail. at gmail.com. So if, yeah, or if you are like terrified of that and you just want 
like to write something down for us to read it, that's also fine. I would love that. But we'd love, we'd love to like play your audio clips and just be like, yeah, man, that's crazy. I would also love to do entire episodes of people just like asking us hard questions. Well, so that too. We'll that get, would there. Be fun. get there. One day. Would you ever be a part of a cult? I am a part of a cult. Wait a second. Did you yeah. not listen to the whole episode? Yeah. All right. Appreciate you guys. Talk later. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It would mean a lot and help a lot if you could like the podcast, hit the subscribe button, and comment on our episode. Also, we would love to connect with you about all things Jubilee, Freedom, and Shalom. So message us on social media or send us an email. And remember, if this has been good for you, don't listen to it alone. Find a church family, find a friend, listen together, have a conversation, and ask, if that's true, what do we do with that? Thanks again for listening to our podcast where we talk about Jubilee, Freedom, and Shalom all the time. time.